What is God's will for my life? How do I know when God is speaking to me? What's my purpose? Can my purpose change? Hey everyone, in today's episode, we are going to discuss God's will for our lives. If you're like me, you've probably heard of stories of people who have done incredible things, such as find a cure for a certain disease or become a, um, a movie star or something that we would consider just kind of over the top, you know, an astronaut, things like that. Um, and they'll say things like, I just knew that this was my purpose. You know, ever since I was three, I knew that this is what I was made to do, right? And we all like stories like that. But that also, of course, would leave us with the question of, well, what's my purpose? Like, I've never felt, you know, some grand calling to just spend my whole life devoted to this one thing. And, you know, let's be honest. I mean, not many of us can compete with the idea of being some super famous, uh, important person, right? Um, You know, we think, well, gosh, I'm just some you know, little old girl from Surrey County, like, what's my purpose? And, you know, that's a question that is asked of us a lot, even in elementary school, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then, of course, there's just kind of the everyday issues apart from our vocation that we encounter. Who should I marry? Where should I go to school? Should I go to school and get my degree? Should I take some time off from school? Should I maybe homeschool my own children, if you have children? Or should I send them to public school? Or should I be friends with this one person? All kinds of decisions that sometimes we aren't sure the first go-round what the answer is. Just any time we have to make a decision, sometimes we feel this wave of panic of, well, what would God have me do in this situation? You know, many times we pray for, you know, God to spell out his will for us, like in our Cheerios (laughs) as we're eating them one, you know, one morning. But uh, I don't think it's that complicated. I actually think it's pretty simple. And so tonight I'm going to address one, what is our purpose as believers? What is our ultimate purpose? Two, do we have an individual purpose that is specific to us? Three, you know, can our purpose change? Can, our, can God's will for our life change? And then four, well, how do I know when God is speaking to me? And those might end up overlapping some, but that is what I'm going to talk about tonight. So let's just go ahead and start with point number one, God's grand purpose for our life. This would apply to all believers, and I'm just going to read several Bible verses here in a row. I think it's logical to assume that The most important thing we can do is to follow God's most important commandment. Well, what is that? I'm in Matthew 22, verse 34. When the Pharisees heard that he, Jesus, had silenced the Sadducees, they came together, and one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to them, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second, so spoiler alert, there's two greatest commands, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. So we spoke a little bit last week about the Old Testament. You know, there was all these laws, all in the Old Testament. Some of them just kind of a little seemingly absurd, but they all come from the same root, which is God wanted his people to love him and love each other. But they were incapable of doing that. Uh, They constantly failed each other and failed God, so he had to give them all these parameters and safety nets and um, roadblocks to try to hedge in their sin so that they could love God and love each other. But those of us who are believers, we have the Holy Spirit. The Israelites did not. The Holy Spirit enables us to obey. So we actually are able to love God and love neighbor. And that's just the amazing thing about the gospel is now our nature has changed. The Bible says we once were dead in our trespasses and sins, but when we believed in Christ, we became alive, which is the miracle of salvation that literally our nature has changed. We no longer have a bend toward sin and wickedness, but we now have a bend toward holiness and righteousness. Also, what is the last command that Jesus gave? Usually the last thing that somebody says is, incredibly important. Well, in Matthew 28, starting in verse 16 to the end of the chapter, it says, the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. It would make sense to say that the greatest way to love God and love neighbor is to tell people about him. You are loving God, glorifying his name when you are telling others about him, and you're also loving them. This is the greatest news they could ever receive. The news that Jesus Christ has died for their sins. They can be forgiven and reconciled to God. That's a two-for-one deal, people. Like, the best way to love God and love neighbor is to tell others about him. 1 Peter 2, 9 reiterates this. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that... So here's the purpose. Why are we a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation? So that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. One of the reasons that God saved you was so that you would proclaim his goodness and his mercy to others. God did not save us so that we could stay silent. That is actually contrary to the nature of a Christian. You know, when you are in love, you want to tell everybody. When something good happens to you, you know, you get uh, the news that you're expecting a baby or that you are going to be able to buy a house or you are going to be able to, you know, go on a mission trip or that God has just done something awesome in your life. You want to tell people about it. Well, the greatest joy of our lives 
should be him. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, For this is God's will, your sanctification, that you keep away from sexual immorality, that each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. God wants us to be holy. In fact, he says that in the Old Testament, and Jesus says this as he ends the Sermon on the Mount, be holy because the Lord your God is holy. God would have us tell others about him and live a holy life. 1 Thessalonians, again, 5.18, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God wants us to be a thankful, joyful, obedient, sanctified, and holy people. That is God's will for your life. If you are a Christian, I'm talking to you. God wants you to love him, love others, tell them about him, and live a holy life. That is my purpose. That is your purpose. That's an amazing purpose. That is not mediocre. That is marvelous. And that leads me to point two, God's individual specific will for our lives. The good news is you have the freedom to decide what you want to do in your life as long as it enables you to love God, love others, tell them about him, and live in obedience. You can be a nurse. You can be a stay-at-home mom. You can be a bank teller, an insurance agent. You can literally do anything as long as it enables you to keep your greatest purpose and is not in conflict with that. Well, you have the freedom. You don't have to live in doubt. You don't have to say, "Mm, should I have done this? Should I have done this? We have the freedom. God is a liberating God. He doesn't put us in a box. He just wants us to enjoy him. And that is going to look a little differently for every single one of us. And sometimes, and here comes point three, God's will for our life can change. His specific will can change. His greatest purpose for us, God's ultimate will for us, that we would be obedient and love him and tell others. That's not going to change, but anything else can change. I would say you cannot do a job that's inherently sinful because you can't, you know, honor God and love him and love others and be obedient and tell others about him if you're living in sin. So I would say you probably shouldn't be a bank robber or an exotic dancer. Uh, I would say that's in direct conflict with God's will for your life. But other than that, like, it doesn't matter what I do. So don't overthink it. You know, you just can think of it this way. One, do I want to do this thing? Do I want to be a teacher? Do I want to go to the school? Two, can I actually do it? Can I afford to go to school? Can I can I teach? Am I good at it? Not just do I want to do it, but is this something I actually can do? Um, is this going to be just super burdensome for me? We use wisdom. I talk about that a lot in my podcast because wisdom is just something that every Christian needs because God is not super formulaic. He doesn't just, you know, spell out in the sky what we're supposed to do because it's not necessary. We have the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. He does speak to us. He does 
put things on our heart. He does allow us to dream. And so none of us are more important than the other. I am no less important than, you know, someone who has, quote unquote, done great things for the Lord, like a renowned author or speaker. I don't have to do anything to be perfectly loved and accepted by God because I am loved and accepted by the work of his son on the cross. And so none of us should ever feel inadequate when we compare ourselves to others. We shouldn't compare ourselves to others, but I know that we do. We're human. We are all caught up in the grand narrative of history, which is that all people might know Jesus Christ as Lord and King. And so we are to just be faithful wherever we are, wherever God has you, just be faithful to do that. Don't feel like just because you went to school for four years to be a teacher because you were just so sure that that's what you wanted to do and now you're a teacher and you hate it and it's a financial strain on your family or it's an emotional strain on your family. I don't know. I just picked teacher. I'm not specific to that. This is literally coming out of nowhere. I have nobody in mind with this, but you know, if what you chose to do used to work for you and now it doesn't, you don't have to stay in it. If it's not allowing you to be the best witness for the Lord that you can be, if it's really hurting you emotionally or physically, financially, it's okay to seek out other options. I'm not saying that we should always leave where we are for something easier. I'm not saying that, but I am saying we have liberty and freedom. The last thing I'll say is, how do I know when God is speaking to me? How do I know when I hear his voice? You know, people have said to me, I, you know, really felt like it was God's will that I be with this person. And, you know, I'm married to somebody else, but I really love this other person. I'm just going to tell you, that's not God speaking to you. God will never contradict his word. He will never contradict his word. God will never call you to sin. God will never call you to disobey him. And so anytime you feel something in your heart that, you know, you just really think this is what God would have for you, we'll filter it through scripture. You know, it's hard to hear God's voice when you've already decided what you want him to say. I read that the other day and I really liked that quote. I don't know who said it, but I mean, I've thought so many times, hmm, isn't it a coincidence that God told you the very thing that you were going to do anyway? Wow. How ironic. Paul says in Galatians 1 that if anyone, even an angel from heaven, were to come down and speak to you and tell you something that contradicts the gospel or contradicts scripture, it says, let them be accursed. That is a satanic presence. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. Listen to this. For we did not follow cleverly contrived myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice when it came from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. But we have something more sure the prophetic word strongly confirmed, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. 
Peter and the other disciples, I mean, think about it. They saw Jesus's glory. It was so obvious that he was the Messiah. But you know what they did? They have something more sure. The scriptures, they filtered what they saw about Jesus through scripture. That's how they knew he was the Messiah, because he fit the Old Testament predictions about who the Messiah would be. Jesus never contradicted God's word. He clarified it. He fulfilled it. So we cannot fall into the satanic trap of, well, I know the Bible says this, but I prayed about it and I feel like God wants me to do blah, blah, blah. Please don't do that junk. That's just not how you do it, okay? That's just not what we do as Christians. And in fact, people who live in contradiction to scripture, people who live in sin, that's when we begin to question their salvation and say, hey, Christians don't live in sin. Christians don't live in sin. The Bible says we live in obedience. We love obedience. We don't love our sin. So if somebody says they're a Christian, but they keep doing things that contradict the Bible because they say God told them to do it, you need to be very, very, very wary. At the same time, it's hard to filter things through scripture if we don't know scripture. So we have to know our Bibles. We have to be reading faithfully. Go to church. Go to Bible studies. Read on your own. Like, how can you filter your feelings and your thoughts through Scripture if you don't know it? This will enable us to live in obedience. This will give us joy as we fellowship with the Lord, as we read His Word and pray and experience His presence. You know, I also read the other day, well, like a month ago, um, someone said, you might could describe your calling as finding where your burdens and your passions meet. And so if you just aren't really sure what you want to do, like you understand that you have liberty to do what you want in your life, granted that it's not sinful, but you're still like, well, I don't know what that means or what that looks like for me. Think about what you're passionate about. You know, I had a friend that was in a domestic violence situation and helping her really had me burdened for just the trauma that these women go through. And so I have now, you know, committed part of my life to trying to be an advocate for these women. And so through experience, I found something that burdened me. And I found something that I felt like I was pretty good at in terms of being wise on how to guide them, uh, where to send them to get resources. And so I would say that's a calling on my life, not because it's some, you know, something that God spoke to me about or something that I dreamed about or anything like that. It was just, I'm very burdened for this and I'm passionate about this. And so I'm going to pursue it. In conclusion, God's will for your life is love him, love others, tell others about him and live a holy life. Whatever that might look like for you might look differently for me. But as long as whatever you do in your life enables you to still do those things, you are free to do whatever you want. And in that case, sometimes our circumstances change. So yes, your, your calling or your purpose can change for a season. Just because you started something doesn't mean you have to keep going down that road. Um, and then lastly, how do you know when God's speaking to you? Um, as long as it doesn't contradict Scripture then perhaps he is calling you to do something or giving you an idea. But if it contradicts scripture, it's not him that's talking. 
So I hope that this was an encouragement for you. Um, I know it was really helpful for me when I first learned these things. It's just very freeing to know that God loves me and is always for me, and I'm able to be obedient to Him, and I have choice in what I do in my life. But the most important thing that I want to do is bring Him honor and glory. As always, thank you for listening to my podcast. Send me any questions or comments to my Facebook or email me at blamibo.go at hushmail.com. That's B-L-A-M-I-B-O dot G-O at hushmail.com. Thank you and God bless.